Hey coaches, Jeremy Roush here with Feel for the Game. Feel for the Game is more than just a basketball resources website. It's a platform for coaches to learn, share, and connect. So much of coaching is done behind the scenes and often goes unnoticed and underappreciated. We're here to recognize the great coaches and programs out there. If you're a coach, we'd love to feature your work and or your basketball program. Just go to feelforthegame.com slash contact and send us a quick message. That's feelforthegame.com slash contact to add your work and program to the arsenal of perspectives and resources available to coaches around the world. Today we get to learn from Coach Matt Klein, assistant men's basketball coach at Eastern Michigan University. Coach is entering his fourth season with the Eagles with a host of stops prior to landing at Eastern Michigan. And that's kind of where I thought we'd start this conversation. So Coach, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Uh, you started your college experience by being a student manager at South Alabama, uh, and I, I started as a manager myself, so kind of thinking about what that was like, um, either roles, responsibilities, and then um, as an introduction to college basketball, what stands out? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I knew I always wanted to coach. I was a, I was a uh, good high school player in my area. I, went, I grew up in upstate New York, and I could have played uh, small college Division three basketball, and um, I played junior college for one year in New York and then got an opportunity to be a student manager at the University of South Alabama. And, you know, it's a quick backstory to how that happened. I, I was a, uh, that whole summer after my junior college year, my first year of college, I wrote letters and resumes all over the country to try to be the student manager. You know, people do that all the time. And um, that whole summer got a couple of rejection letters and I, I'll never forget in August, Coach Arrow just got hired at the University of South Alabama, um, called me and said, I have a scholarship for a manager or a GA. Um, whoever says they want it first will get it, but school starts Monday. And it was Thursday <laughs> night, and I've never been to Alabama or seen the campus. I said, Coach, like I was hoping to be able to visit the campus, you know, first. <laughs> and he said, well, all right, so, you know, sounds good. So I hung up the phone, and I, I have three older brothers, and I told them, and they said, they said, you got to do this. Like, it'd be like, you know, I grew up near Syracuse. And that'd be like if Coach Beheim called you and offered you to come be a student manager for free. And I said, all right. So I called him back Friday morning and I said, I'll do it. And that day I booked a one-way ticket, registered for school, um, had a party with my friends and family. And Saturday at 6 a.m. I was on a one-way flight to Mobile, Alabama. I had no clue where Mobile was and, <laughs> uh, and started on Monday. So it was a quick 72 hours of wow. thinking I was going to go back to – you know, help out my local high school in New York to uh, go be a student manager at South Alabama. But it ended up being the best four years of my life. Obviously, the first year, it was was tough just because I was the only manager. We didn't have any GAs. Um, so just being able to get involved with everything. And I mean, that's what I signed up for. I wanted to learn how Division One basketball worked. And the coaches were great. I met some of my best friends there. Two of the players there are actually going to be in my wedding uh coming up next year so they uh you know just being able to I mean I was I had the key when I showed up you know they gave me keys to this 30 million dollar facility and it was just crazy you know and I was doing laundry every night I did laundry we didn't have an equipment guy who did laundry so every night for four years you know did the laundry we only had one set of practice gear so you had to make sure it was always turned over um you know so just just got thrown into the fire you know 
right away and, and loved it. And I would say though, there was a learning, you know, culture shock, being away from home that first semester, that's tough. Like you want to leave, like when things get tough, like you want it to fold and you know, let me just go home and, and I would go to my play division three basketball somewhere or something, you know, but I stuck it out. And like I said, it was the best four years of my life and we had some success and it just parlayed into everything else that went on in my career. Well, and I think that there's something to be said about um, being at a school where you have to do everything and it's, it's tough at the time, but you know, with us, we had anywhere from 10 to 12 managers. So everything was just compartmentalized. But for you, you, I'm sure you had to work with the players, work with the coaches, handle, you know, just everything. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got, you know, because I was a GA at Florida state after my time at South Alabama and at Florida state, we had an army of managers and GAs and it was completely different. And as time went on at South Alabama, we added managers, we added GAs. And but that first year, like it was everything. And, and, it was great, you know, looking back. I mean, yeah. now as part of my coaching philosophy, one of my core values is empathy because I think I understand all aspects of a college basketball program because I've, I've been in it besides being a head coach, but, you know, I've been the manager, the, the GA, the Dobo. So, um, you know, I have respect and I understand that every, everybody matters and everybody makes a difference and there can't be any weak links if you want to have ultimate success. No question. So let's talk about that time at Florida State. You were a GA there, and, and Coach Hamilton there is, is highly regarded as one of the top coaches uh, in the country and, and validated with how long he's been there. So what kind of stands out from Coach? What were some things that you learned? I think Coach Hamilton does a tremendous job of, first of all, he hires a really good, a really good staff, and he allows them to do their job. Um, he does not micromanage. He trusts his staff. He trusts his support staff. He has great relationships with the players. They'll run through a wall for him. He's great motivational, um, psycho psychologically with the players, making sure their minds are right all the time. Um, and I think those are a couple of things that really stand out about Coach Hamilton. I'm interested about the, the psychology and the relationship with the players. What, what are some things you were able to see uh, either on the court or off that that he exhibits that? Oh, he spent a lot of time with them, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, he also, I just remember, you know, before film, before the particular assistant coach would have to present scout report or do anything like that. I mean, I was lucky enough as a GA to be in those meetings and in the film room. And I just remember <laughs> the way he could talk to the guys in front of the team so that everybody's on the same page. And it's, you know, they play like, they still play like 10, 11 guys every, every game. Like they, it's an all in mentality. Again, everybody matters, you know, no, he doesn't treat the first scholarship any different from the 13th scholarship. I mean, everybody is going to be a part of this to, you know, help us with ultimate success. And you could see it like there's no, you watch a Florida State game even now, and you know there's no animosity, there's no you know loathing around or or anything like that. Like he, you know, it's the strength in numbers mentality that he's just so good at, and and it's a daily process with him. And the he just gets the guys to buy in, and I'm sure it starts in the recruitment process, and and they they understand what they're signing up for, something bigger than themselves. Do you want to be a part of that mentality and? Um, it was a special two years. Our first year, we won the ACC championship. We beat uh, 
Duke in the semis and North Carolina in the championship. Wow. And then our second year, we had a bunch of new freshmen and we finished in the middle of the pack, but special two years there. And then after that, you had a, a host of stops and, and certainly paid your dues. Florida was it Northwest Florida State College and then Eastern Michigan for a couple of years, East Tennessee State for, East Tennessee State for a year, and, and then now where you're at in, in the assistant role. Um, talk about just that kind of journey and, and knowing kind of what you sign up for and it might, it might yeah. take you different places. No, you know, it's funny, like my, my father, who's super supportive of me, um, and always has been, he, <laughs> you know, when I was a manager, it's, you know, what are you doing next? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? When I was a GA, you know, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I was just always tell them, you know, I don't know, but I can just tell you that I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to treat people the right way. And, and that's, I remember thinking about that when I was 20, 21 years old and just, you know, not knowing a lot of the time in the profession, these guys, we don't know what's going to come next, but, you can only worry about what you can control. And those three things stayed with me. Um, you know, because I got each job, you know, late, like the Northwest Florida volunteer assistant. I was a volunteer assistant. Coach Forbes hired me. Then a couple weeks later, he went to Wichita State. So I stayed on with Coach DeMeo and um, was there for a year. And then, like you said, I, I went to, uh, I was the director of basketball operations for Coach Murphy for two years. And then I went to East Tennessee State with Coach Forbes for one year. And then Coach Murphy hired me back as an assistant. And the cliche, you know, saying of do a good job where you're at is, is really true. I mean, I, I was a really good dobo for Coach Murphy at Eastern Michigan for two years. I left. A lot of people would think it's a lateral move to go to East Tennessee State in the same position. But I knew to be under Coach Forbes, to meet another administration, to – you know, we ended up winning the NCAA, going to the NCAA tournament that year. But Coach Murphy missed the job I did for him. You know, I was only gone a year, but he, he called me and said, would you be – I know you always wanted a coach. Would you want to come back as, in that role? And I said, of course. So I owe a lot to him. He gave me my first job as a dobo and then as a assistant coach. And I'm going on my – just finished my third year, going on my fourth year now with him as an assistant. So talk about that and, and what are some of your responsibilities – as an assistant you know the great thing about working for coach Murphy that I really appreciate is again he understands my background he has familiarity with me as a dobo um, and now assistant coach so I'm able to get my hands in on all aspects of the program you know he trusts me uh, he's the type of head coach that um, wants to hire proactive and guys who take initiative because he's not a micromanager either. And I think that's a huge quality for a, for a head coach. Coach Hamilton was like that. Coach Ford was like that. Coach Murphy's like that. Guys who trust their staff to do a good job. So, like I said from the start, like I, I understand what, how a high level of what, a man, what it takes to be a manager, a student manager, what it takes to be a graduate assistant, the film, you know, film and, and the equipment. And, and so, you know, I, I'll do any of you think. I, I did our offensive block plan last year for skill development in the summer. Um, you know, I do half of our scouting reports. I'm one of the uh, lead recruiters. Um, so, really, he just allows me to, he just, you know, go, you know, do your thing, you know, and, and you know, he just, he trusts me. So, I, I, I appreciate that about him. And, um, 
you know, anytime that I have an idea, I'll make sure I have substance behind it before I bring it to the table because I don't ever want to go to him and just not have anything to back it up. Like I'll, I'll make presentations and I'll have validity to what ideas I bring to the table. And he, he's oftentimes he's a willing listener. So. Let's talk about um, your guys' defense a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, consistently yeah. one of the top teams in the country. Um, defensive identity is, is the zone. Uh, can you kind of give us an overview, and then maybe we can get into a little bit yeah. deeper? Yeah, uh, so I, did, I knew nothing about zone before I came to Eastern Michigan. That was all man-to-man. My high school, high school coach, fantastic man-to-man coach, Ronnie Arrow, South Alabama, coach, you know, Florida State's unbelievable man-to-man. So I knew nothing about zone, and but he's made me a believer in it because uh, it works. I mean, year in year out, we're top in the country in, in steals and forcing turnovers and um, defensive field goal percentage. So, uh, yeah, I mean, lo- would love to dive in whatever you whatever questions you want to know specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could I could keep going, or if you have any specific questions. Um. Well. What makes it different or what makes it stand out? Um, you know, it's we don't often think about zone as something that's going to generate a lot of turnovers and steals. Yeah. And so obviously it's it's part effort and activity, and I'm sure yeah. it's part principles as well. Well, I think it starts in the recruitment process. We, you know, the guys understand it's our identity. We have it plastered all over our walls and in the locker room. And they know, like I said, when we first meet them, one of the first things, you know, after the initial conversations of, personal background when we talk about our team for one of the first things that comes up is our zone defense and how we so they know from the start when they enter the program they're going to be playing zone and they're going to be and we're going to be really good at it like it's something we preach and teach every day I think you are what you emphasize Um, one of the things I wrote an article last year on you know one of my first questions I like to ask coaches is what are you best at like as a program like what are you best at and if a coach can't just rattle off that that answer chances are they're not they're not a probably a great program and haven't had a ton of success because you have to have that identity first and foremost so like for us it's like like you know like you knew we played zone like we're we're a zone identity team um how we how we generate so many steals it's our a lot of it is the effort I like I think a lot of it you know, coach gets the guys to play super hard. Um, and I think we recruit length, athleticism, versatility. That certainly helps. So there's a lot of factors. I think it starts with identity. You know, it's the, the effort we teach every day, we preach every day. Um, I think certainly helps. And then we're so detailed with, I mean, just like any man-to-man team, we're so detailed in our in our slides and our bumps and our just movements like just like any great man-to-man team would be like we we do zone breakdown every single day just like a man-to-man team would do a great man-to-man team do you know breakdowns of shell and different things it's not like we just you know roll the ball out and say let's play five on five or zone like we we we're very intricate through film and through practice you know as a whole what um what and i don't know maybe forgive me for being inarticulate but um, what are you looking to get if, if, if defensively say offense is, is going to have to do this or if they're going to beat us, they're going to have to beat us with mid-range or they're going to have to beat us from the short corner or something. What, what are you willing to give up within the zone? That's a great question because actually my, one of my summer projects right now is how to, how to tweak our, 
tweak our defense a little bit. I, I've been uh, talking with Joe Gallo at Merrimack, who runs all zone. They were number one in the country in steals this year. We were number four in the country in steals. We have a lot of similarities, and we've become you know pretty good friends throughout the quarantine. And he, uh, you know, they were great in in uh, three point defense attempts and makes. And I want how how are you so good at it? Because we were not good at it. We we gave up a lot of threes. We were great at protecting twos, <laughs> but it's like basically what we would do is we we would either get a steal or we teams would shoot a three, and like we need to improve on that. And so um, there's some tweaks that I'm gonna again. Part of my job as assistant is bring some ideas and new things to the table. And I'm working on a pretty thorough presentation to show Coach Murphy, like, you know, I think we could do this to tweak it so that we could go from, like, great to, to excellent. Like, in Coach Murphy's nine years at Eastern, you look on Synergy and you compile it, we're, like, 86 – in the 86th percentile defensively, which is, like, elite. Yet we still are not very good three-point defensive team. Um, so if we can tweak that with some of the ideas I've gotten from Joe and – you know, that's, I think you're always trying to get better and learn and how, even though we're great at it, like, let's still go to like elite, man. Like, let's take it to, so right now I think our weaknesses is three point defense, but talk to me hopefully in, uh, you know, this time next year and hopefully we could, (laughs) yeah, I hope so. (laughs) How much, how much is scouting a part of it and what you're, you know, if you're willing to give up threes from certain players or, do guys really kind of focus in on their spots and, and whether or not there's a shooter or what type of player in their, in their areas? No, yeah, like, so we faced – we had a crazy stretch this year in non-conference. We faced uh, Jordan Rowland from Northeastern, who's, like, top scorer in the country. Mike Davis at uh, – um, Davis' uh, son at um, – uh, Detroit. Detroit. And there's an – oh, and a uh, kid from Valpo just transferred to DePaul – Freeman, Lib- Freeman Liberty, I think his name was. Uh, so, like, they, they're, like, <laughs> three of the top ten scorers in the country. We faced them, I think, back to back to back. And so, wow. like, we definitely do – we won all three games, and we held them all considerably lower than their average. I mean, we definitely – game to game, we tweak what we do. You know, whether it's extending super far out um, and – just we our the whole thing is like don't make them feel you is something we say all the time. Don't let them see the rim. You know our length bothers guards sometimes, and we we just I mean we're like like they don't we don't let guys see the rim. You know uh, we make everything super difficult. Uh, you know, and I think just game to game scouting report we just do a good job of overall identifying shooters and try to just hold them below their average. You're not going to stop guys a lot of times, but you can make their efficiency low. And then kind of putting two ideas together. Um, one is you get the the traditional, um, you know, well, if we had a bunch of 6'5 to 6'9 guys, we could be pretty good at zone two. And then so there's that part of it. And then um, there's the idea of shot clock. And, and if we were in high school, would would you still be interested yeah. in running the zone? Um, yeah. and, and obviously that the shot clock plays uh, plays an important part of yeah. the game in college. Well, that's interesting. Uh, the first question, so – Again, Joe, Joe Gallo at Merrimack, he, uh, he gave a presentation with NABC a couple weeks ago, and he talked about um, myth busters, right, in zone. Like, you have to have this length, crazy length, to be a great zone team. And he's like, no, you don't. Like, we, we were 5'10", 5'11", 
six four six five six five you know and and us on the other hand like we're six ten six ten six eleven on the back line so like um he he obviously busted that myth and and i think and i didn't know that answer i I used to get that question asked to me and i I don't know like i i said i've never tried it with with guys who aren't you know long and athletic and, and and so i don't know um it was high school. I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I grew up in New York where we had a shot clock and, um, you know, obviously I see all these games in, you know, Michigan, there's no shot clock to me. I don't know if I would do it in high school just cause I couldn't, I couldn't, if teams like stalled versus it, I, I, I wouldn't be able to like handle yeah. myself. You know, I, I don't, I, I want to force the issue, you know, like yeah. I want to be aggressive and, um, be the you know dictate the tempo and I don't think you could do that with I mean you can I guess in, the, in one way with the zone where if, if the other team just wants to hang out I just I don't know I, I don't think I would do it just because of that reason I'd like to dictate the tempo um, so and then kind of final question here as we wrap things up you've talked a little bit about talking with other coaches during this time and yeah. and um, you know a research project maybe about improving your zone uh, how are you using um, this time, not only because of the situation that we're given in, but just in general being in off season, yeah. what are you looking to add to your game, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to do four things right now. Um, stay in touch with our current guys. We're still finishing our roster for 2020. So that's two. Uh, so many professional development opportunities and webinars out there. I've been fortunate to speak at two of them, one with uh, the coaches summit on our zone. And then I did one last week with Chris Oliver, at basketball immersion on our like offensive concepts, uh, skill development. And uh, the last thing is doing things like this, meeting new colleagues, staying in touch with old colleagues um, and just continue that networking relationship. But I also think at the same time, it's important not to, when you're trying to network and build relationships, it's important not to uh, go for quantity. I'd rather do quality. So like, you know, I'm I'm not trying to have superficial relationships. I don't want to be the guy who texts, you know, just hope you're well and and not talking to him for six months. And, you know, you don't get anywhere with that. I'd rather talk with 10 guys, you know, every week, you know, as, as opposed to a hundred guys, you know, every, and only talk to them once every six months or whatever. So I think, I think you build deeper relationships that way. And those are the four things I'm, I've been working at. That's awesome. Well, coach, thank you very much. This was awesome. And I appreciate you kind of shedding some light and, and into your journey and also into what you guys are doing at Eastern Michigan. So, yeah, no, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Jeremy. Hopefully I'd love to hear more about your path and your story and, and uh, we could either do it like this or have just a conversation off, off, you know, offline. Absolutely. You're not too far away, so we'll have to get back up to uh, Eastern Michigan sometime as well. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. That would be perfect. All right, man. Take care. Thank you.